Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and we are so excited today to have Barry Eaton on the show. He's so much fun. I enjoy his books. He's just wonderful, Linda. Isn't it fun to have someone to talk about, you know, the afterlife and and why (laughs) things are the way they are? I mean, it's not like you can bring this up, you know, over a glass of wine with a bunch of friends. Most people think you're, you're bonkers. (laughs) Yes, that is true. You have to have a very select group of friends to have the conversations that we have and the the conversations that we have with our guests. But they are the best. Um, You know, I really look forward to it. And they're so energizing that um, nothing nothing compares. Everything else seems mundane. Well, it is, and, and, you know, I'm going to bring Barry Eaton on the show because I, I just want to get right into the meat of things, and uh, Barry, welcome to the show. Hi, lovely to be here again. Good to talk to you ladies. I am so glad that you're coming here to us from Australia, and you're the author of a couple of books, but I have a question for you because this was asked by one of our, our regular listeners, and he wanted to know... Why are some people chosen to have either a near-death experience or experience the afterlife through the passing of a loved one? Why do you think some people experience that and some people don't? Or does everyone experience it and we're just not aware of it? Because his big question was, well, like, why? You know, why do some people come back and talk to you and some don't? Why, why, why? And I'd love to know your take on why. Well, you really hit me with a curly one to open up, don't you? I do, right between the eyes. <laughs> I mean, it's early in the morning over here, Sandra. I'm barely awake. <laughs> maybe I was maybe I was busy having a dreaming death experience or something. No, 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 seriously. I'm not a die uh, here look, with Sandra and Linda. <laughs> um, seriously speaking, look, everybody goes through a unique experience. And uh, I've, I've used the analogy that uh, going back to the afterlife, for instance, is like going to an airport, jumping on a, on a 747 or a 767 or whatever they are these days, and uh, heading off to, say, London or Paris or New York. You're there with a whole crew of people, a whole lot of passengers, all heading in the same direction. When you get off at the other end, you all go your own way. You're heading for a common destination, but everybody's there to have their own experience. And it's exactly the same thing in life whether we're heading back to the afterlife permanently or whether we're popping over for a visit in a near-death experience or whatever. That depends on our personal circumstances. And it's really difficult to give a sort of a blanket answer on this one. If that's part of your life purpose or part of what your soul has chosen for you to learn at that particular stage, then, yeah, go for it as far as I'm concerned. Now, I've had... Um, PMH Atwater on my program several times on my radio program and also worked with her last year at the uh, Australian Afterlife Conference and PMH as you probably know has written she's had three major near-death experiences now that changed her life and as she said to me every person who is an experiencer or who has a near-death experience has their life totally and utterly changed it's never ever the same so Maybe we've got to that stage where we need to have this huge transformational experience. Our soul, our people on the other side, they've decided, okay, the only way we can get this person up and going into the direction they need is to give them something pretty dramatic. That's one way of looking at it. I think there's a whole heap of answers, though. 
Well, I love that because one of the things that I noticed, Barry, and it was from, you know, working on your, um, when you were on the show, and we've had Dr. Atwater on our shows before, um, but when I read through your book, I kept thinking, why do we all have to have such painful experiences to kind of crack us open and open up that spiritual side of ourselves? I know I had constructed this whole life, and it was artificial. I see that now. It was fake. It was based on all these things principles that didn't serve me now to the outside viewer it looked amazing but but for me living in it it had to burn to the ground before i could build up what i am today so um i need to take us to commercial break we're visiting today with barry eaton and uh linda and i are going to come back and we're going to ask a lot of questions about kind of the why and the what of our human experiences that we are having as a soul we'll be back after the break with barry eaton linda franklin and Sandra Beck and Powered Up Talk Radio. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. me sometimes you have trouble choosing between being a couch potato or going out hey it's a big decision for a scabberlatchers a scabberlatcher or a ragabash is another word for a lazy person well a couple from california seems to have solved the problem by inventing a motorized sofa you may think they're just spinning their wheels, but people have spotted the couple cruising down the street on their drivable Davenport in West Los Angeles and Santa Monica. No word yet on the couple's identity, but a man claiming to be a relative said it's all well within the norm for his fun-loving cousin. I don't know if this Chesterfield on wheels is street legal, but either way, I think the police would have to put up quite a chase before they could coach him. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and we're here on Powered Up Talk Radio with Linda Franklin. And we're talking today to Barry Eaton. Barry wrote a book called uh, No Goodbyes and another book called Afterlife. And those are really great books. I think everyone should have a copy. There's my shameless plug for you, Barry. But oh, I you. have, <laughs> you're welcome. I have copies of these, and I think they raise a lot of interesting questions. And I'd love for you to give a little bit of your backstory um, for our listeners as we talk about. Out. Why does the universe have to smack us with a board before we wake up and, and get back to our true selves? I think we get so far off course and then something happens. You know, for me, it was the death of my mom and it was uh, the birth of my son where, you know, I went somewhere and wasn't sure where I went and came back a very different person. Those were big, big traumas for me. And trauma plus human nature seems to equal change. And I'd love for you to talk about your transformation with the traumatic loss of your wife. Yeah, well, look, as I was saying to you um, before we were on air, 
I regard it as an astrologer. I look at it like a, something to do with the planet Pluto, which is a transformational experience. Unless it is a deep experience, and Pluto burns, it's the death of the old for the birth of the new. And unless we have a transformative experience like that, it really doesn't have the impact. I mean, we just have so many things happening to us in life that we just sort of face up to dramas, whether it's losing jobs, whether it's um, relationships splitting up, whether it's many, many different things. So we get through those. We accept that they're part of life. But unless in our own personal inner depths we have something that really stirs us up, really puts the boot up where it's needed to be put, then we are just going to sort of think, ah, oh, well, you know, yeah, fair enough. That's just another of life's experiences. Um, I better get on with it. Oh, what's that on Facebook? Uh, you know, we, we've got to have something that makes us look inside ourselves rather than just accepting it as another part of life. In my own experience, the transformation was with the uh, the death, I, I don't usually like to use those words because my first book, Afterlife, is called um, looking at, uh, Uncovering the Secrets of Life After Death. And I always look at it, the death of the body, not of the person, because it's the, it's the energy. And that's what woke me up. It was a huge transformational experience for me. Judy passed in 1997, and uh, that's just on 20 years ago. And it changed my life so much so that when she was on the other side, she kept on nagging me to write a book. And uh, as if it wasn't enough to nag me while she was alive and with me in life, <laughs> you had to get up the other side. When are you going to write that book? You know? No, it wasn't quite like that. But um, she changed my life or helped me change my life. Nobody can change anything about you. It's up to you. But we're given these incredible experiences and opportunities. And after the... The death of the old, which was the death of the old life for me with Judy, the birth of my new one came with the responsibility of getting those words out about the afterlife. And it's it's quite amazing how it's changed my life for the better. I'm also going through another personal transformation. I had cancer a few years ago, and um, I've just put out a new book called The Joy of Living, which comes out in a, in a few weeks' time. And that is another transformational experience. That is a kind of near-death experience because, you know, as soon as you get cancer, the automatic association is with, oh, well, am I going to survive this? Well, I did, and I've written a book about it. So once again, it's looking at the fear factor in these things, coping with it, letting it all go, and moving on with life. And I think near-death experiences can be equated to that. Whether or not it's the fear of where we're going, whether it's a subconscious fear or not, we are still given the opportunity of changing our life for the better. And as I said before, when um, PMH... Uh, and I had long chats together, um, she was adamant that all her research showed that every single person who's had an NDE, near-death experience, has had their life transformed, not just slightly changed, not just tucked in at the edges. No, 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 a complete and utter transformation. And I think that's what it's all about. Well, and go ahead, Linda. No, um, as Sandra said, one of our friends, um, it, I mean, it wasn't completely confirmed, but knowing him, you can believe it, that he probably had an uh, a, a near-death experience coming out of his mother at birth. Um, yeah. His mother never really said that, but... Um, We'd, and and I I guess your soul certainly would remember remember that even though mm. you don't. But then he had all of these growing up experiences of 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 seeing things and hearing things and and knowing things that other people didn't know. Plus, imagine going having that inner voice and then all of the noise coming from you as a child and a and teenager and growing up with all of that noise. I, you know, it's amazing that someone could stay sane, um, you know, going through that experience. Well, that's exactly why we don't remember past lives unless we're um, promoted. It's promoted in some way through regression or whatever. If we had access, immediate access to all of those past experiences we've had, we'd hit the planet uh, with, with some kind of weird film continually playing through our mind. We'd never have a chance to get on and start a new life. So it's it's very, very hard. I mean, it would be interesting to know how that person who had the near-death experience 
uh, as they're being born, were they taken back through regression on that one? Do they remember it spontaneously uh, or through uh, meditation or, or, or what? Because I would think that would be a really, really challenging situation to face. Well, I, I agree with you, um, and I don't think any of those things that you just mentioned happened. It was just that he he could he could see things, do things, be aware of things that other people weren't. So, and it was very confusing um, in the growing up stages, for sure. And then he, you know, he would do a lot of different things, you know, to kind of escape that, you know, like. Whether if it's drinking or sex or drugs or what, all of that. But you know, but then he, you know, he came back and now, you know, he's a man, um, in, in you know, like fifty years old. But he is the most fabulous um, person, gentlest heart, and he's just, he's just going with the flow. He's standing back and watching life, and being a happy, happy guy. And he's gone through all of these transitions from then to to now five decades and he's come out the other side and he's you know he's just he thinks it's the greatest you know life is the greatest thing and he's not afraid of death or or anything like that he's just enjoying every day he says he wakes up in the morning giggling about how how exciting it is well that's brilliant um and obviously the more i listen to you about that whole story the more I realized that that, uh, that guy would have to have agreed as a sole contract to come back with that initial experience as he hit the planet once again. And that would have been part of his evolution. And to come back with all of that knowledge, all of that incredible wisdom that's there, he's obviously been around the traps quite a few times before this. So <laughs> yeah, to come back... <laughs> To come back and, and face that initially, that is a pretty special sort of a mission to be sent on. So I would say that if you had a long chat with this person, it's probably he's probably done some amazing things, whether he's realized it or not, just in helping people, in his the impact of his story, his life, his ability to be able to um, explain certain things, if you like. That, that That's really hit me. I think that's an amazing experience. Well, it's really interesting. Um, people are drawn to him because he's got such amazing, wonderful energy. And then some people can't go near him because it, I think it, it, the people that have very low vibration, I think it, it actually hurts them to be close to him and vice versa. Yeah, that would challenge. And you're right. It's the vibration. That's, that's exactly it because the, uh, the higher uh, our soul is able to vibrate, particularly when we get back to the afterlife, uh, the, the better uh, chance we have of moving into the, the higher realms, the higher planes on the other side. So if he's come back as a highly vibrating soul, then yes, he would be, it would be anticipated that he would react with certain people at certain levels. But those people who still had the initial challenge of facing with him, maybe that was enough to stir them up in some way or another, give them the opportunity they need to say to themselves, well, hang on, what's going on here? Um, I'd better find out something about this. So everything happens for a reason. I'm quite convinced of that. Oh, I am too. Um, Sandra, would you agree about, uh, w uh, about the gentleman that we're talking about? Oops, I think we lost Sandra. Oh, I'm back. I'm oh, no, sorry. he's there. Oh, you're back. Okay. Yeah, my Skype dropped me for a minute. I missed that question. No, I just said, I, if you had heard when I was talking about this particular fellow that we know uh, with Barry, um, if, you would agree, if you agreed with, with what I've said, that he's quite well, a special I, individual. Oh, he's amazing. I mean, you know, you just meet him once and you fall in love with him. I mean, not, not, not just, you know, girl-boy way, but just, just like, you know, it's, he's such a, an amazing soul when you meet him. So, Barry, would you think, you know, because I'm, I'm always the why, 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 why does this happen? Do you think that his his near-death experience was there to prepare him to open things for what he is supposed to do? I mean, when you talk about a life contract, why would somebody agree to that kind of life contract? Well, obviously, it's done at a soul level long before he starts. And uh, as I said before, he would have got to that stage where he's a fairly advanced soul and coming back for a specific purpose in life. And... Uh, we're not sent back on a mission ill-prepared. It's like, you know, you, you don't send somebody off to do a job if they're only half qualified to do it. Obviously, he was chosen for this, and in a very 
specific role here, the way that he is able to impact. But to be able to have a near-death experience when you're, when you're just straight out of the womb, now that's very interesting if you think about it, because what is a near-death experience for somebody who is just born? It has to be the death experience of a previous passing. They wouldn't have a clue what it is at that particular time. It would be a, a dream experience, yes, but to, for it to be challenging and to live on, that would have to um, surely tune in to a previous passing or many previous passings. Hmm. Oh, we got going to explore this more after the break. We're visiting today with Barry Eaton. He's got two books out, uh, Afterlife, and what was the other one, Barry? No Goodbyes. No goodbyes, and a new one coming up, which I can't wait to read. And what's the title of the new one coming out? Uh, it's called The Joy of Living. And when is that due out? Uh, it's coming out here in Australia in about two weeks' time, but it will be released in the uh, in the States and in the UK later this year. Not There's not a date just at the moment, but I'm, I'm thinking it may be around September, October. Okay, well, we will look for that. We'll be back after the break with Barry Eaton, Linda Franklin, and myself, Sandra Beck. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. LinkedIn. It's a great tool and a great way to do business in today's social media-driven world. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady with the LinkedIn Lady Show, Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern on allbusinessradionetwork.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is designed to inform, inspire, and educate businesses. Every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose. And the LinkedIn Lady will interview a variety of guests, such as business owners who can showcase their business and talk about how they use social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, and, of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. As trends change and new applications become available, the LinkedIn Lady Show will bring that information to you in an easy-to-use, fun, and engaging way. Every Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with Carol McManus on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. for a long time that diamonds are precious or worth a lot of due to rumors. That means money. Did you ever wonder how a polished pebble becomes one of the most expensive things on earth? Two centuries ago, diamonds were worn only by royalty. But in 1870, miners discovered huge deposits of diamonds in South Africa. And soon after, the diamond market was flooded. That's when a man named Cecil Rhodes started buying up shares of the diamond mines. Eighteen years later, Rhodes controlled the entire South African supply of diamonds. He started his own newspaper and magazine articles with clever ad campaigns about cut, clarity, color, and carrot. He also convinced women that they weren't truly engaged to be married without a diamond ring. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's some more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Roy, are we back yet? Hey, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin and Barry Eaton, and we are talking about the big whys, and why do we come back from a near-death experience? Why do some of us experience trauma and crack open like a, a brand-new spiritual egg, or, you know, in Barry's case or my case, the loss of a loved one just confounds you because you think the body dies, and then you realize very loudly and clearly like like judy nagging barry from the afterlife or my mother saying you're not going to go out the door looking with your hair like that are you they can <laughs> nag you from the afterlife trust me barry and i know um and we were talking <laughs> i know we were talking before break i can hear my mother like from the afterline going oh would you stop, stop talking about me i'm dead already but um 
the fun thing is, is when you do open up to these things, you can hear them, you can talk to them, and the body has died, but the soul remains, and the soul is something that's pretty cool, and I, I just want to talk for a second about that soul, um, because it relates to what we were talking about to our friend's near-death experience as an infant. The soul doesn't change, and when I had my own experience, Barry, I went somewhere and I couldn't see my hands. I was still me, but I wasn't me in the body, and um, it was uh, an experience that that changed me forever, as we talked about with with Dr. Atwater's work, became a very, very different person, you know, before and after, but in this case, we've got a near-death experience as a baby, and coming into this life with this soul contract, you were talking about like the past lives, you know, how did those two relate? You know, the birth of a baby dying in utero or in the birth canal, resuscitated, coming back, and then given this uh, experience grows or, or opens up the door for other greater experiences. What do past lives have to do with it? Well, past lives have everything to do with it. Uh, I'm doing a lot of research into past lives at the moment, actually um, writing a book about that as well, which I'm sort of halfway through. And it's just amazing. We are the sum total of all our past experiences up to this very minute. Now, not only this lifetime, of course, but also every other life we've had. And it compiles in our soul experiences. Yes, you're right. Our soul doesn't change because that's the pure energy that we are, the pure part of the, the creative spirit that we call God. Uh, or, the, or the universal consciousness or whatever label you want to put on there. We are part of that We're a little chip off the old block, if you like. Our soul doesn't change, but it's the experiences that our soul absorbs that helps us evolve into what we need to. We come back to Earth here not just for a funfair experience. Uh, we're not just here for the ride. We're here for all the, the experiences, good, bad, indifferent, as a learning curve, so that we don't have to come back here anymore. We can move on to the next phase of our soul's evolution, whether it's on another world, back in the afterlife, the world of spirit, or wherever. And once again, every story is different, just the same as every person's life on this planet, all seven plus billion of us. We've all got a different backstory. And as but we've all got the one common thing that we are a soul energy and we're a soul attached to a spirit which is attached to our heart. That's where it all happens. So if you want to really find out about who you are, where you are, what you're doing, get in touch with your heart energy. Get in touch with your spirit because that's where it attaches itself. And I find I recommend to people if I'm doing readings for them or whatever to just cross your hands over your heart, connect with the beating energy of that heart, go into a meditation experience, and then you are able to connect with your soul. And it's amazing, once you start doing that, what messages come through, because your soul has agreed to everything. Your soul is your prime directive movement. Your soul knows what is good for you. Your soul knows where you are planning to go in this lifetime. And we get out of touch with our soul. We get out of touch with that through our heart. So we just need to get back in touch with our inner self. Now, where does the mind fit into this? In The Untethered Soul, which is a book, Linda, and I've been reading by Michael Singer, and uh, um, he talks about, like, the mind and the psyche, and, you know, the mind is a muscle. So where does the mind tie into kind of the heart-soul connection? Is it just like another, like your body, like the mind and the body are just two two things that are attached to the soul? Like, where does the mind fit in? Well, the mind, uh, if you want to call it a muscle, uh, it's... So many, there's so much controversy about this at the moment. A lot of scientists believe that the mind is with the seat of the consciousness and, and once the, the body is destroyed, uh, the brain goes, the mind goes, the consciousness, consciousness disappears. Well, that is changing. More and more people are realizing the fact that the consciousness is a totally different aspect of ourselves. But they are all agreeing now that the heart has its own intelligence. It's not just a muscle. It is an intelligence just like the brain. That, so there is this correlation between the mind, the body, and the spirit. Now, if the spirit is attached to the heart, you might say that mind, body, spirit, that association is mind, body, and spirit slash heart slash soul. So 
it's all part of the whole makeup. It's it's not just a, an individual thing. We are part of the whole. Yes, and you know, it always comes back to the heart and and to that to that love piece. Um, and what we do to ourselves as humans um, here is all of the hurts that we experience. Um, we build layers around that heart so we don't feel the pain, but we don't realize that by building all those layers, we're missing out on so much love and good things that we we came here to experience, and it's not until we, I think, realize what we do to ourselves um, that we can even attempt to, to get rid of those layers and expose that heart to, to the joys that life can bring. Uh, they say heaven on earth, and we can have that if we just, I mean, it's work, but we, you know, that's something that we're here to do. Well, this is so true. And, you know, that, that heart energy is, as you said, the word love, that's what the association is. And the word that I've had back time and time again from the other side is love is the strongest force in the entire universe or universes. There are so many of them. Um, once we can realize the power of love in our life, not only the power of love between us and our, our partner and our kids and, and whatever, but it's it's the love that we have for life, the love that we have for ourself and the love that we are able to then take back with us because that is the binding force in the afterlife, the world of spirit as well, the strongest force in the universe. And it's an interesting that we've, we've had so many songs over the years uh, allying heart and soul. In fact, I think there is a song called Heart and Soul, isn't yes, there? So, yes. <laughs> so many of them. Uh, you know, so we know, we know intuitively about this link. Yes. And it's it's something that we just need to embrace in our life. But it's a personal right. choice. And we have to all take personal responsibility for everything that we do in life. Absolutely. Um, um, the way I'm looking at things now and talking to this, this special friend that I was telling you about earlier is that the more things that we can work out here, the more layers we can get off our heart, the more lessons that we've learned, that we learn here, is we don't take those with us when we go. So we're kind of shedding through life, and hopefully when we, when we pass through this life, that we're, we're going to go to the next realm uh, a lot lighter than, what, than when we came in. Yeah, look, sense? there is one, one important factor in this, which I've written about in No Goodbyes, is the fact that if we have extreme experiences, for instance, with drugs, uh, these have an imprint on our spirit, deep imprint in many, many cases, unfortunately. I mean, if you get hooked on methamphetamines or, mm. or any of these incredible drugs and it destroys your life, also in certain areas of mental illness, and that can be drug allied as well, this imprint stays with the spirit. It's not just like a car that we get out of and, and head off into the big blue sky up there. No, 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 no. We take this back with our spirit. The imprints are there and have to be worked on when we get back. But I've been told that some of them are so deeply embedded that we can't resolve all of them in between lives and we bring some of them back with us mm -hmm. into our next life which to me makes ultimate sense so this is where we have to take responsibility i mean if you want to take drugs that's your stupid fault that's that's your idiotic decision in life i'm talking about illicit drugs and if you want to go and do that and destroy your life that's up to you because, you know, we have been given free will. Our soul will rebel against us because our soul knows that's not what we've come here for. But if you decide to do that, you're taking the risk of imprinting it so badly that it could impact on you for not only one but many lives to come. And that's a big responsibility when you think about it. Okay. Sandra, are you yeah. there? 
Yeah, I, th I thought I'd lost you both there for a minute. No, nope, I'm here. Nope. I just muted because I got a phone call during today's show just now. That's why I muted myself. Um, and a listener just called in and said, and, and Barry, this is a little bit off topic, but you know what? When we're live and we get a call in, we're going to answer it. Um, sure. And I know we're going to commercial break in two minutes, but one of our friends who has had a near-death experience um his senses have been very much heightened and he gets a message from someone and he says he smells this perfume and it's, he doesn't wear perfume. He doesn't live with anyone and it makes him very tired and it's not negative, but it's very, very strong. And he, he can feel it come through and he'd love to know your take on it. Now I need to go to commercial break. So we're going to, we're going to end this with a cliffhanger, Barry, and we're going to give you some time to, to think on this. Um, but we're going to go to, commercial break we're visiting today with barry eaton and when we come back from the break we're going to find out his analysis of this smelling of perfume i have an idea i'm sure linda will too we'll share that with you when we come back from the break but if you like what you heard today check us out on itunes check us out on poweredup.talkradio.com you can find this episode and hundreds others like it that can answer a lot of questions can demystify some of these big world questions big global questions that we all ask ourselves. We're here today with Barry Eaton. He's got two books out. He's got The Afterlife and he's got No Goodbyes. If you've lost a loved one, if you've had any of these experiences and you're wondering what they mean and how they relate to you, his books are a great answer to that. And if you are listening to this in the future, Barry, what's the title of your new book? Uh, the Joy of Living, Postponing the Afterlife. Ah, We'll be back after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. <laughs> Last night, my husband was laughing as he was reading about the differences between men and women. According to the article, men get single tusks or hiccups more often than women. Everyone knows that women are better at multitasking than men. I'm good at both multitasking and procrastinating, which means right now there are 28 things that I'm putting off until later. What's another word for a person who puts everything off until the last minute? A cunctator. Women blink nearly twice as much as men. And while men can read smaller print than women, women can hear better. In fact, when a woman says, what? She heard you. She's just giving you a chance to change what you said. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Barry Eaton and Linda Franklin. And we're talking uh, to um, Barry Eaton today, and he's written a couple great books, The Afterlife, uh, um, No Goodbyes, and he's got a new book coming up, so I want you guys to look for it. And the name escapes me, Barry. Just excuse me. You're going to have to give it to me again. <laughs> it's the joy of living. It will be available for download, apparently, uh, in about uh, a week or 10 days' time, but it will be released in hardcover. 
cover in the States later this year. The Joy of Living, Postponing the Afterlife. Ah, we want to postpone the afterlife as long as possible, at least for me. Um, so yeah, too much to do to, in the meantime. Yes, it's too busy, 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 busy. Um, so before we went to break, we had a caller call in and ask the question, um, why does he smell this very strong perfume? It makes him tired. It's not negative or positive. And this is someone who had a near-death experience. Okay, well, look, people on the other side communicate with us in many different ways. The most common way is through a dream, and most people have a dream at some stage, normally soon after a loved one passes. That's the common way. Other ways, of course, they materialise. We have thoughts. We have many things. But, but they will come through with uh, smells and other sensations. I remember years ago when my, my mother, who was suffering dementia at the time, went missing, my grandfather came through, her father, came through with the smell of his own roll-your-own cigarettes. He was an old man of the land, and he used to roll his own cigarettes. And a very distinctive smell, which I grew up with as a kid. I was woken up in the middle of the night with this this smell and I knew I just knew immediately it was him and he worked with me uh, as we scoured the streets of, of Sydney Australia looking for my mother who'd gone walkabout uh, in her state of dementia we had police we had everybody looking after we finally found her and I do believe my grandfather had a, a, uh, a hand in that and he has come back once or twice now I know a lot of other people have had the same sensation with perfume and it's quite a standard way particularly once you recognize what that perfume is you don't have to know the name of it you don't have to know that it's uh, Chanel number no. five or whatever you all you have to do is associate it with a particular person or even a particular event knowing that it is a communication from the other side now I have had also uh, the perfume experience if you like and I know exactly who it was from so I know that it was that person connecting with me I would suggest to your friend uh, or the person who rang in that it may well have been the the uh, contact that they had in spirit when they went over for the near-death experience if they can recall that uh, or else it could be somebody very, very close to them. It could be a departed parent or grandparent. Um, it, it's something that you really do need to go in and investigate. And if you can do it through meditation or if you've got a really, really good clairvoyant medium who can help you on that one, and I always um, say, uh, say that you need to have a good one because there are so many charlatans about, unfortunately, people just out there to make money. But if you've got a good, reliable, genuine medium who can help you on that one, then if you haven't got the answers, that is another way of finding it out. But I, I definitely, I'm, I'm being told in, through my own people on the other side, and they're confirming it right now, yes, it is a spirit communication. There is a message there, and it may be a warning. It may be a wake-up call, but whatever it is, listen to it. It's not just something sent to make you tired. Well, and, you know, let me just take this one step further, because, like, after my mom passed, Barry, whenever I would feel really sad, I would smell night-blooming jasmine. Well, I live in the Southern California desert. There's not a whole lot of night-blooming jasmine, you know, in the dry, <laughs> you know, sandy earth. And yeah, it would sure. be so strong, and it would, like, give me a headache. It was so strong, and I'd need to lay down. And do you yeah. think that's because it's easier, as my understanding, that it's easier for spirit to communicate through us in a dream state. So if we smell something, even to the point it's so strong that it gives us a headache and we need to lay down, it's encouraging us to go into that either twilight or dream state that it's easier to communicate. Would that, would that make sense? Oh, look, very much so. Very much so, Sandra, because our minds are constantly going from the moment we wake up. So many people reach out for their telephone, the first thing they do, their smartphone. They're on, the, uh, on Facebook or whatever from the moment they wake up in the morning till the moment they collapse at night. We need to be able to communicate with the other side by slowing our mind down. And if that is the message, yes, go then. Sit down, relax, have some quiet time. You may not be an avid meditator, but having quiet time, 
slowing the mind. It's like trying to have a, an intimate phone call on your cell phone in the middle of a Super Bowl final. You just can't do it. You're sitting there with 120,000 screaming fans around you. You can't have a quiet, intimate phone call. You've got to go somewhere quiet. You've got to separate yourself from the buzz of daily life. And that, I think, is the intrinsic message there. You're tired, alter your mind state, go, sit down, relax, and this is when the messages can start coming. I love that. So it's kind of like a, an alert on your phone, like a psychic alert, like sent. Because that's one of the things, like I always wondered, you know, with my mom and the strong night blooming jasmine smell. And I had to walk around um, and, you know, I went actually to a nursery down in Los Angeles, Barry, and I kept smelling things, smelling things. And then I, and I found it. And it was like, once I found it, I'm like, <gasps> you know, that's my mom. That's that's her favorite. I didn't know it was called night blooming jasmine. Um, but once I, I went over there and I smelled it and I saw the little card like it made sense and yeah. one of the things that happens is like my mind obviously goes 100 miles an hour and I'm always doing 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 you know I've got two kids and my old dad you know that I take care of so I, I'm, I'm really going but the one place you can't you can get through really quickly is through scent because my ears and eyes are going and my body's going 100 miles an hour because there's so many influences. The one influence that I think spirit has that can get our attention easier than like auditory or visual or all these other things is through scent because we don't have scent on television. There's no scent on radio and you can be somewhere random like in my bedroom upstairs and smell this night blooming jasmine and now I'm like, mom, like, what do you want? And then I'm like, oh, God, it's giving me a headache. I need to lay down. And, you know, you're right. It's like that. It's 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 crying out for us to be still. And the way they get through us is the one sense that's not overrun by especially digital media. Sure. That's exactly it. I mean, our minds are going 19 to the dozen every single day and half the night. I mean, how many times do you wake up in the night and can't get back to sleep because your mind switches on? Uh, so we really do need to slow down. That can be also part of the message. Hey, come on, look at, slow down, smell the roses, look at life. It's, it's not just one mad, stressful rush. That may be part of the message. Barry, I want to get back to... Sandra's original question when this show started, how come some people have that ability to do that and some don't? Now, I've never had a near-death experience, and I don't have any of those, I don't have any of those experiences of, of smelling or seeing or feeling energy around me. Um, you know, I'm here. Um, is it because I haven't had that experience or is it that I'm too guarded or, or is there, you know, is it only people that have, have gone and come back that where it's that strong? Look, I've never had a near-death experience either, not to my knowledge anyway. Um, maybe there's one buried deep in the subconscious, I can't remember. But I don't think it's something you can set yourself up for, Linda. I think it's something that happens to a certain percentage of people. It, it's mm -hmm. like saying, well, some people are born with red hair and some people are born with dark brown hair. Some people are born with, with a, a brown skin, others with a white skin. We, you know, we can't change these things. We can't just suddenly create it. Yes, we can dye our hair, but that's an artificial way of doing it. And I don't think there's any reason that you should go out there and try and create a near-death experience just no, for... No, no, I don't plan to do that. <laughs> no, no I'm perfectly not... okay with it. And I believe all of these uh, experiences other people have, I, and I'm, you know, I'm not uh, sad or, or I'm, I'm just, it was just a question of um, how come some people do and some people don't. Is there something, uh, does it have to do with that heart? we were talking about earlier yeah look it has it has to do with your journey in this particular lifetime and i hate that word journey i don't know why i used it so overused <laughs> but it has to do with well it is really when you think about it. everybody's having a journey of some description yeah we are but 
It has to do with the individual's path in this particular lifetime. Who knows, in your last life or the one before that, you may have had a couple of near-death experiences that you've gotten out of your system. You don't need to have that anymore because of part of the wake-up experience, the wake-up call you've had, has now impacted and you are here in this lifetime as a result of a past life near-death mm -hmm. experience. There's always that possibility. And we don't know these things. It's not as if we can sit down and do lab tests on all those people who've had them. Maybe someday they will. Maybe there is a correlating factor. But the only correlating factor that I know is that it is a transformational experience. Nobody ever comes out of one of these near-death experiences and continues on with life. Oh, well, got that out of the way. Yeah, well, let's get back to normal now. No, no. Normal is just not in the equation. Life is totally turned upside down. And as I said before, when PMH Atwater had three near-death experiences, uh, it changed her life. And I mean, you've, you've interviewed her, you've, you've spoken with her. Oh, she's and wonderful, she's had yeah. Yeah, but she's had a profound impact on, I think, hundreds and hundreds of yeah. thousands of lives, if not millions of lives Absolutely. all over the world. And so it that's makes, why it she makes people... I'm sorry, Barry. It's know, just that's, that, why she had, that's why she needed yeah. to have the three experiences. But if yeah. we're only having one experience, that's just our transformational experience, our personal change of life. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, it does. Barry, we're going to have to have you back. We're already out of time. Um, Barry Eaton, look him up on Amazon. You can find his books there. Um, Barry, is there anywhere else you'd like people to be sent to find your work? Yeah, well, I do a radio program every week as well. It's uh, called Radio Out There. Three words, but all joined together, radiooutthere.com. And I have guests on every week. It's uh, recorded. It's available on my website there. And I cover everything from astrology right through to Zen Buddhism, if you like, or if you want to do the A to Z or A to Z, as you guys call it. Uh, so, yeah, my radio program has, has got all sorts of stuff there. That'd be great. We'd love that. Barry Eaton, thank you for being our guest today. We're going to have you back super soon. And uh, for everyone else listening today, have a great week. From Linda Franklin and myself, Sandra Beck, this is Powered Up Talk Radio. We'll be back again next week. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and prominent career, is the brains behind The Real Cougar Woman. She shares her wisdom, grace, and laugh-out-loud opinions based on her stellar successes, both in the financial world and in her personal life. Check out our website, poweredupwithbeckandfranklin.com, and join us next week for another great conversation. We're here every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, right here on toganet.com. <laughs>